gang. Here's to nights that turn into mornings and friends that turn into family. Cheers! Hello, hello, and welcome to the Friendship IRL podcast. I'm your host, Alex Alexander. My friends, they would tell you, I like to ask the hard questions. You know who I am in the group. I'm the person that's saying, okay, I'm going to ask this question, but don't feel like you have to answer it. And now I can be that friend for you too. Some of my favorite episodes are the ones that seem deceivingly simple. And that's what we have today. Today's episode is with my guest, Kara Infante. Kara is the host of the Bookish Flights podcast. If you're a big reader, go check it out. But Kara is a passionate believer that not only do books come into our lives when we most need them, but they're also a wonderful way to foster friendship and community. She's not just saying that, she's actioning it. You see, Kara is a military spouse that lives in San Diego, California with her husband and three children. And after having made so many moves, Kara has figured out that the easiest way for her to make connections in her new communities is through book clubs. Whether that is by joining a local book club or creating a local book club, it is the easiest way for her to make connections. Now, you'll listen to this episode and you'll come to find out, I think that this is genius. You've heard me talk in other episodes about how when you want to make new connections, one of the best things you can do for yourself is get specific because then you know what you're looking for. It's less overwhelming. So every time Kara moves, she can walk into any room and ask if anybody has a book club. It makes it a really easy way to filter out connections that she wants to make. I think you can apply this to pretty much any interest you have. And you'll see in today's episode that it really has helped Kara build connections in the various communities she's been a part of throughout their military journey. Now, let's get to today's episode. Hi, Kara. Thanks for being here. Hi, Alex. Thank you so much for having me on today. Does it feel fun to be on the opposite side of the microphone? Like it not does. the host today? It does. It's interesting because like in my life, I've hated public speaking. And like when I was in school, I would like break out in hives and be all red. And I don't get that when I'm on my side of the mic when I'm hosting, right? Because I feel like oh. you're coming into my domain. We're talking. I'm interviewing. It's my comfort zone. But when I go on the other side of the mic, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm a little nervous again. (laughs) I don't know if it's the opposite. I love being a guest on podcasts because I just feel like it's so much less work. True. Somebody just asks me questions and I answer the questions and then they ask me the next question or we have a conversation when I'm the host. As I'm sure you know, you have to be thinking ahead and figuring out how you're going to transition. It's a lot of work to like, keep the conversation going when you're the host of a podcast. Yeah, I guess that's good. And I feel like I'll sign off today and I'm like, oh, I can like kind of forget about it, right? Because I don't have to do anything else with the content now that it's done. So you're right. There is some of that, you know, you're not responsible for it after that. Yeah. Since we're talking about it, do you want to tell people what your podcast 
is? Sure. Yeah. So I host a podcast called Bookish Flights. And if you want to think of a wine flight of books, we basically introduce three books that pair well together. And that could be they pair across the genre, they could be by author, they could be by topic even. And I have had quite a few authors on the show. So sometimes like you could even have fun and they could be books that would pair well with your book that you have written. And so, yeah, I'll bring on a guest. I interview someone in every episode. And it's not just authors because we are all readers, I think. And so I want to show that all of us read and all of us are busy and we all make time in our lives to read. But in saying that, because we have so little time, I want to make sure you're reading good books while you're doing it. And so that was part of the premise behind the show is a trusted source of book recommendations. And you could have a little fun if you want to read them three in a row. They would all go well together. So... My question, since you host a podcast about books, is how many books do you think you read a month? So I actually know this because I was just at the end of every month, I start compiling like all the books I read that month. And so I'm at eight for this month, but I'm hoping I'm almost done with the audiobook I'm listening to right now. So I'm hoping I'll knock that out in the next two days or September's 30 days. (laughs) The next day. I don't even know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'll have nine. Wow. Nine books. Well, you have to. I mean, I would assume if you're hosting a book podcast, one, you love reading. And two, you know, you can use the, this is just part of my job excuse. I have to read. Yeah. Which is not a bad problem to have. No, not at all. And it really, what I love about doing this is I started my life as an adult, as a physical therapist. And I loved my job as a PT, but reading was always my passion in the background. Like that was always how I would leisure. And then when I kind of stepped into the role of stay-at-home mom, like I still spent my leisure time reading. So this has been a lifelong journey of being a reader. So I'm not professionally trained by any means. I just have a passion for it. And so this has really allowed me to make something out of my passion, which is really Mm -hmm. fun. Well, you're creating a community of book lovers through your podcast. I mean, I talk about this idea of so many people want to find a group of friends or join a group, but we can all be creators. And we can do that in so many different ways. That could just be by starting a book club or talking to some friends who love reading and being like, let's start a chat thread where we share every book we're starting and at the end, whether we would say yes or no. You just took it a step further and got a microphone, learned how to edit your podcast, did all the work of finding guests and putting all this together. But you're doing the same thing, creating a community of book lovers. Yeah. A little bit of background. I'm actually a military spouse. So we move very frequently. And so this has come off the seat of like, okay, I'm tired of going out and finding a physical therapy job every time Mm. we move. And now allocating my three kids to be taken care of during the day as well, which is a challenge. But something that I could create this community, right, that would travel with me. And it would go, and I'm not starting from scratch when we move two years from now. I'm not starting all over. And that's my hope, really, too, is to create more of this community side of it. And, you know, I'm brainstorming ideas and how to do this locally for people because book clubs have been such a way for me to create the community that I have moved into. Or, like you said, I can step into 
I can find a community of readers and I can step into a book club and then I have some friendships right there that I can step into. And it's been a great way to bridge the gap of being the new person in town to making friends. And that can seem so awkward as an adult. So I want to talk more about how you use book clubs every time you move. But hold on, this is why this podcast is so great. Because something you just said triggered a thought for me. So we got to talk about it for a second. Okay. <laughs> you said you created this podcast so you have a community you can take with you. Yeah. And that is not something we've really talked about. For people that are more nomadic, transient, like mm-hmm. the people that move a lot, whether that is military, people who are remote working and moving around the world, people who are long-term travelers with no real home base. What a concept that we just really haven't covered on this podcast. Like most people go the route of, I'm going to teach myself a skill set. And every time I move, I know I can just like trust that I will make new friends and meet new people. Yeah. But what you're saying is you're putting in the work so that on some level, like, yes, you still probably want to meet local people, but you don't have to start over every time because you have intentionally built something that is not location-based. Yeah. I used this analogy. We moved three summers in a row from 2020 to 2022. And so every time you move, for someone that maybe has this nomadic type lifestyle, you might understand this, but Basically, okay, everyone's like, oh, the military will move you. They come pack you up, which is great. But then it's like you put your entire life in a blender, it spins around, and then you land in the next place, right? And Mm -hmm. then you're basically picking up the pieces to put them back together to make a semblance of a life, let's say, right? Because you really are doing life in this new location. And after 13 years of doing this, I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of like trying to bring everything back in, make it feel like home. And in that, you know, moving every year, it was so short to try to do that. It felt even like harder. But that's coming on the heels of that was, okay, what can I do that I can take with me? Because I'm tired of picking up the pieces at our next spot. I mean, I'm just thinking now, for anybody that is living a life where you have to move really frequently, There's so many ways to do that. You started a podcast and are creating this community that goes with it. And on one sense, I'm sure a business, there's another aspect to it. But as somebody who also runs an online business, I have made so many friends through my online business that live all over the world. If I moved, I would get to take those with me. Now, not everyone might want to start a podcast or a business. So what then flooded my mind is like, let's say kids in the military that have to move all the time, teens, Mm -hmm. trying to really encourage some sort of letter writing or even honestly, video games. Yeah. Some sort of video chat thing. I was also thinking for adults or kids, like a Marco Polo group where it doesn't really matter where you are, but there's some consistency with these people you get on in this group and like are sharing whatever it is about your life. If that is your life and you know you're going to have to be moving pretty regularly, 
really trying to be intentional about building some piece of it, one piece at least, that is consistent no matter where you are, I think is so smart for people. Yeah. And for me, that really makes me feel grounded in a place. Mm -hmm. My husband will, I'll be like, don't ask me if I like a place until we've been there at least six months because well, A, I'm not using GPS to drive everywhere probably by that point, but B, I've probably met a few people locally that make me feel like, oh, I could call this person and we could go get a coffee. And that takes time to build and foster friendships. But like you said, now I've made so many friends in different capacities through podcasting and a mastermind group and things like that, that I'm like, well, these people won't be leaving. They just get to come with me. And that doesn't mean you don't want to fill that like local bucket when you get there. Yeah. It just means that by being really intentional about having a group or some people that you have built like habits of connecting with regularly in a way that doesn't require you to be local and together is that grounding piece of you get there and you're Bucket isn't completely empty. Yeah. Because even actually, I'm thinking of a friend of mine who just moved from the States to Europe. And her and I have been messaging back and forth quite a bit about, you know, she's like, I have friends. I have so many friends. I have no shortage of people. But my need for local people feels so overwhelming and now I'm wondering like had she made and I don't know the answer to this but had she maybe had more structure before she left and said like okay listen close friends that I'm (laughs) leaving behind in the states I need regular scheduled zoom meetups we need to get on Marco Polo can we start like a day's end check-in where we all share a few words on how our day went if that would have made it just a little easier yeah to transition as you build yeah i was thinking of like just taking the burden off right of like yeah i don't have someone locally but i still Mm -hmm. have an outlet in these Mm -hmm. friends like you said in this community kara and i are obviously talking about this in relation to moving but the more i think about this this idea of kind of being proactive before a big life change. I think you can do this for a lot of different life changes. For example, let's say you are leaving a job you've been at for a long time and you can preemptively set up ways to either stay connected with old coworkers or fill in that need for daily connection with some other friends, maybe setting up lunch walks or FaceTimes, things like that. You know, if you're going to, one that comes to mind is if you went from a corporate job to either remote work or working for yourself, being proactive at setting up some way to have social connection when you're working from home. Because let me tell you, that's a big transition to go from all that social interaction to none. Another one that comes to mind is if you're maybe about to have your first kid, talking to some friends and saying, hey, this big life transition is going to come. Can we set up that Marco Polo group? Can we 
start getting together for walks or watching a certain show at my house every week, every other week. Setting that stuff up preemptively before a big life transition can help you. And sure, that may not be like the long-term solution. I get that if, let's say you're a new parent, you're going to need to, again, like add some parent friends or make some new connections. But that doesn't mean that you can't have this intermediary that you build for yourself. Well, that's a whole new thing for me to deep dive and think about. Thank you for that nugget and letting me explore that for a second because I really think that might be helpful to some people. You're welcome. But let's talk a little (laughs) bit more about what you do when you do move because when you and I talked the first time, I want to tell listeners this, you were just like, oh yeah, I do this. Like This is how I go about it. And I was like, this is genius for so many reasons. You didn't even maybe realize how genius what you're doing is. So do you want to tell people how you go about meeting new people when you move? Yeah. So I've already kind of alluded to it, but I will basically seek out a local book club. I'll start there. And if I'm not really finding that there is a local book club, then I have to work a little harder because I have to create the friendships to ask people if they'd want to join a book club right with me. But what I like about trying to find a local book club is when you go in and you know you're going to be talking about a book at this meeting, let's talk about taking the pressure off. It takes the pressure off from having this like cold conversation Mm -hmm. with someone of the logistics of who you are, right? Your elevator speech of who you are. Because you're going to go in and you're going to be talking about this book and you know you're going to go into a group of people that are already probably readers. So you're like, oh, okay, I'm already amongst my people. And I know you kind of brought up the idea of like, this could be a running club. This could be a hiking club. I mean, you figure out what your passions are and there's probably local groups that are meaning to do that. And then you know you're going to be stepping into a group of people that probably already have a similar interest set as you. Yeah, it could be, I mean, hiking, bird watching, chess, a writer's circle, a local business group, a peps group. I mean, I could list a fly fishing meetup. I like literally anything. Yeah. The reasons I think this is genius, there's multiple. Multiple. One, you, like you said, are centering it around an interest that you go. And even if you went to that book club and you didn't really connect with anybody the first time, the first two times, you still enjoy talking about books. So Mm -hmm. no matter what, you hopefully don't go home being like, well, that was a complete waste of time. Because if nothing else, you got to talk about a book that you're interested in. And I think that helps people with this fear of, you know, what if I go and I don't meet anybody and it was a waste of my time? So I think that's number one. Number two, it's easier to go in when you already know what you're going to talk about. And it's something you feel confident in talking about. So that makes it easier to rip the Band-Aid off and show up. You're like, we're just going to talk about books. Maybe I'll talk with these people about some other stuff, but... If nothing else, I can talk about books for days. The next one is that you mentioned before you're a mom. Time is precious. So 
not only are you getting out there to meet new people and work towards finding some connection in this new place you live, but you're also getting to spend that time talking about something you're really interested in. So it's kind of a two for one for making it worth your time away from your family. And I think that is really helpful for people. The other thing you mentioned is, or maybe you didn't mention it today, but we've talked about it before, is that because you're picking something that you're both interested in, like the books, it is something that when you leave, it makes it easier to reach out. Like you can text each other about the next book. You can share one of the other books you read this month that you think this person might enjoy. It gives an easy in for a reason to reach out because a lot of times we feel uncomfortable, especially with the new people we've just met, sending a random text message. Just like, how was your day? (laughs) Can feel a little intense when you've just met them. But if the text message is, hey, you really liked that book at book club. This is another one that's similar. They might say thank you. And then that could lead to other conversation. It might not, but it could lead to, hey, you mentioned you were struggling finding a dentist for your family. Did you ever find one? And now you're really having a conversation, but that all started because somebody felt comfortable messaging about a book recommendation. And I have one more. Okay. (laughs) You're like, I didn't know that this was so genius. That's what I was saying. I love it. (laughs) Book clubs often meet on recurring schedules. So when you're just getting to meet people, it is a dependable way to know when you'll see them next. It takes away some of that burden of feeling like you have to message and say, hey, I know we met up this week. Do you want to get together for coffee next week? Now, you might do that, and that's great. And that builds in extra touch points. But if you're a little too nervous to do that, it's okay because you will see them at the next book club meeting. Yeah. So like I said, you don't even know what you were doing, but it is genius. (laughs) Thank you. How long, and I get that this depends on how active and like how many risks you take of reaching out and things like that. Like when you move somewhere and you find a book club and you join, Do you feel like it's been easy to meet people that way? Do you feel like you have to work really hard to ingrain yourself in the group? What does it feel like once you start going to the meetings? I've joined two and I've started two. But the two that I've joined, I found that the host, usually I'll somehow get their email or their number, right? Because I've found it somewhere that they have this book club meeting. And the host both times has been so gracious about bringing me into the group, introducing me, making me feel warm and inviting when you show up. And so I think that maybe says a lot about a person that would maybe start a book club is they probably have this personality Mm -hmm. where they bring people together or they pair people up. They're opening up their home to bring in others. So the two times that I've gone... I will kind of cling to the host a little bit just because that has been my connection point to start the conversation just to get me there. And then after each meeting, like you've said, I've kind of gotten to know the women as they're talking, who maybe has similar interests, who maybe has kids my age. Then you can start to find those other pieces of connection that are similar 
between the members. But again, I feel like I'm kind of a blend of an introvert extrovert. If you're an introvert in a way, right? Going into social situations, I think there is some of that awkwardness you might feel, right? But again, you're going into the book club and you don't have to do anything but talk about the book. So you don't even have to really bring up yourself or some of that maybe uncomfortable social tension that could be within a new conversation with people. It's just not there because you don't even have to go there. You could literally talk about the book that you're showing up to talk about. I'm also a listener. So I think that's part of it too, is the first couple of times I may just be more of a listener and maybe I'm not as contributing as much until I feel more comfortable and there's no pressure there. Yeah. I mean, you showed up. People normally understand that if you're somebody new, maybe to a group, especially if it's established, that it's going to take you a little bit of time to warm up you know, for everybody to get to know you. That's pretty common. And it's a small enough group usually. Sorry, no, one other thing. It's a small it. enough group usually that it it doesn't take you many times to maybe have a conversation. And the ones I've been in usually will do 30 minutes of like gathering, you know, snacks and mm-hmm. drinks or whatever we might want to then go sit down and talk about the book. So you're having those small talk conversations too of getting to know people. I mean, there's always so much focus. I say this on like deep sharing in adult friendships, but there's so many opportunities for, I call them small intimacies, like little ways you're letting someone in. And a book club actually allows for a lot of those. Even just you sharing your take on a book, why you connected with it, or the parts you didn't like, like those may not seem like your biggest, deepest shares, but you are letting people into who you are. And let's not discredit those yeah. people listening to this. Like <laughs> that is you connecting with others. So allow yourself to just do that for a while. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. So the question I was going to ask you earlier is you said that. A couple times you have joined and a couple times you've created. And I would assume that's because maybe you couldn't find a book club, but that's my assumption. Like what has been the reason? And then when you just move somewhere and you don't know anyone, how do you go about creating the book club? Both times it's been because I haven't found one locally, which right now we live in San Diego. You would think that there's probably hundreds or I mean, it's a big city. It can't, but maybe they're just not advertised as much. I will say the local library is a good point. Usually Mm. they will have book clubs as well. I have not joined in that fashion just because I've ended up finding one through a connection. Like, Hey, I know my, of this friend that hosts this book club, I should pair you up. And so I'll get like a recommendation that way. But I just started another one. Actually, we're kicking off our first meeting in October here. But both times I've started one, I have been in a place about a year. So it's given me time to get to know people somewhat and then get to know who's usually, again, I'm talking about books and reading in most of my day anyways. And so it's given me a point to kind of figure out who who are readers, who might want to be a part of this, because I get it. Reading isn't for everyone either. And I don't want people to feel pressured to come into a book club or one point I usually make is like, you don't have to finish the book. Like this is more meant to be a social outlet because usually it's 
a group of women, right? Yeah. And right now it happens to be a lot of us moms. So we're, we need a night out. <laughs> so I'm like, just come for the social interaction and don't worry about having finished the book. Like, don't even apologize. There's no apology that is going to be given for that. And so, yeah, I think I've done when I've started them again, just I've taken some time to get to know people in the community. And then just, I had to psych myself up though to put myself out there of people might not want to join the book club, but that's okay. It doesn't mean they don't want to be friends with me. There's a little bit of that too. It just, they don't have the time in their life right now or reading isn't their thing they want to spend their time doing and that's okay. But we can still be friends outside of that. Yeah. I mean, I love that you're creating book clubs sometimes when it's the right scenario because this idea that you know, a lot of times we're like, well, I don't know if it's worth creating if I don't have 10 people who want to do it and who's going to join. Like there's a lot of fear of rejection and you're putting yourself out there. And what if people don't like it? And it's some work to organize these things. But quite often when you can't find what you're looking for, you can create it and then it'll be exactly what you're looking for. And I think we just all need to remember that every group starts as one person talking about an idea and one more person getting on board and that two people is a group and it can start from there. Yeah. I think you bring up a great point too about just putting yourself out there. And if you don't see it in the community, create it. I think it takes me time to do that. It takes me time to recognize that like, okay, I'm not going to find what I'm looking for here. I want to take the time to do this because again, this is something I know I'm going to reap so many benefits out of, not just reading books I enjoy, but having this connection amongst this group of women that we're creating or whatever that might be. The other thing I do with this when I create a book club is I know everybody has different genres of books that they like. And we're not all going to be the same. So how I try to do it when I've created book clubs is, okay, everybody bring two to three book ideas to our first meeting. So they're going to bring some in October. And then if a lot of people haven't read the book, we'll put it on the calendar for the year. And then that way, everybody knows that they're going to get into a genre they're going to like along the way. Because I can't expect Mm -hmm. to find all people that love personal development or historical fiction. I'm not going to find that right now. And that's okay. I love that. Like if somebody's listening to this and now they're thinking they want to start a book club, do you have any more practical or maybe you have a resource somewhere for people? Do you have any like practical I tips don't, as on of yet. what to do? Yeah. So I think just start thinking about people in your local world, thinking about people in your local community who maybe you've heard talk about books, who maybe enjoy books, or maybe they're similar, you know, For me, it was moms that I know are busy that probably don't get out much. And I'm like, you know what? Would you want to come one Saturday a month at 7.30 after bedtime? I mean, the commitment is really low. Mm -hmm. And then you just listen to this book or listen or read. I say listen because I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And just come and be ready to chat about that. We'll bring food. We'll share. We'll have tea, wine, whatever you want. But yeah, I think it's really just paying attention to people in conversation to see who would be a good fit to your group. And then the other part of this, I should say, speaking of having like a grounding source, I have two friends that we have like this group chat message. And every once in a while, we're really motivated where for like six months, we'll read a book. 
And so we have a virtual book club Mm. as well. And these are friends I met living back in Sicily. One lives in South Carolina now. One lives in Massachusetts. I'm in San Diego. We are nowhere near one another. And we just kind of read it freely. Like, hey, I'm going to pick up this book. I think you girls would like it because now I've listened to them enough in conversation to know what books they would like. Yeah. Do you want to read it with me? And then we'll meet once or twice and we'll talk about this book informally. And so another kind of grounding piece of that is I do kind of have a stash of girlfriends that have carried over from our moves that we have a virtual book club now too. I mean, I think that's a great point. A lot of what we're talking about is about finding local friends. But again, this could be something you build virtually. And like you were saying, be your grounding aspect. You could do this whole meeting virtually with people who live far away and you miss if that's something that people want to get into. Really can go both ways. Yeah. And I feel such a sense of that deepened our friendship a lot Mm -hmm. because like you said, the conversations we've had surrounding these books and how they have touched our lives. And in that group, we happen to read a lot of personal development. So it is kind of digging a little bit into how you could fit that into your world, how you can fit that into your life, where you may struggle. And when you're letting people in that way, it's only going to deepen a friendship more. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of connection that comes from just simply talking about things we care about. And it doesn't even have to be framed as this sit down with a cup of coffee and tell me how your life is and what your problems are and how that's affecting you. Like a lot of that actually comes up in conversation. We don't need to always make that the epicenter of every conversation. Like some of that's going to weave in just simply talking about books and whether you dive deeper in that conversation or maybe that is, you know, somebody mentions they've been reading these books at 3 a.m. because they're on month five of their baby waking up every hour on the hour and they can't get back to bed. And that just might be something somebody casually throws out. And then a week, a few days, whatever, later, it may not even be that conversation. You might just check in and be like, hey, I heard you mention this thing. I wanted to tell you that season's really hard. And now you've created this whole opportunity for vulnerability that didn't even have to center around sitting there and having all the focus be on sharing. I think like, that's hard. We don't always like to be the center it of is. attention and having it just kind of weave in and being able to disclose when it feels right to you is so much easier for a lot of people. So maybe something for people to take away. Yeah. Yeah. And how that book touched your life, right? Again, it's kind of removing that just the awkward sit down like yep I'm about to unload (laughs) yeah yeah but you could learn some really personal details about somebody just by how they relate to the book that makes you feel more connected to them yeah the quote I share at the end of every episode on my show is that books are like people and they come into your life when you most need them like I truly believe Mm. whether it's divine intervention or just you know the way the world works of that book is going to come into your life when you most need it and that message will resonate in your heart I mean sometimes maybe a light beach read might not but it has so been the case of my life of like that book fell in my lap when I needed it the most Mm. and I think a lot of us feel that way about the people that enter too yeah so I love that. That's a great quote to end your episodes with. (laughs) 
One other thing I do as far as friendships as well is because of this nomadic lifestyle, because we move, I don't keep my books very rarely because oh. I'm not a big rereader. So I give away my books. And as I'm reading the book, if I, again, I read probably 80% audiobooks, but when I do read a physical copy of a book, I am thinking in my head more often than not, who can I send this to in my life? And so it's another touch point. Like I'll put a little letter in there, a little bit of stationery. I'm thinking of you. This book, you know, made me really think of you. I miss you or whatever. And you can send it via media mail. It's super cheap. It's like $3 to send a book. It's not going to break the bank. And I will send that to a friend that maybe I haven't talked to in a while or that just, I think that's another touch point of friendship of like, hey, I'm thinking of you Mm -hmm. and I miss you. Mm. I love that so much. That reminds me of, there was a very short period in college where some friends and I all went to different schools Okay, and we would read it was like a sisterhood of the traveling books. <laughs> Basically, we all had like a pen color and we would read a book and we would write notes in the margins and then we would mail it to the next friend and it like Love rotated that. and it doesn't need to be a group thing, but whether it's a nonfiction book or personal development book where you're writing, you know, even just like this really struck a chord with me in the margin. It doesn't need yeah. to be some big thing or you're reading a fiction book and in the margin you write, whoa, didn't see that plot twist or like whatever you write. It could just seriously be a few words. What a fun way to feel connected to a friend yeah. if you mail them that copy of that book for anybody out there listening. Yeah. If you're a big reader, that might be a fun way to feel connected with people that you aren't. Well, you could live near them as well. Yeah. I think that's the other part of this is as you move so often and you, your lives drift apart a little bit with these friends that you've made. And when you were living near them, you couldn't imagine your life without Mm -hmm. them, right? But then you move and your kids get older or busier or life gets busier, right? And your circumstances change. There is some drifting apart of friendships, which there can be, I'm sure you've talked about on the show, right? Of loss of friendships too. There can be some hardness in that, but this is for me just a way to kind of keep fostering that friendship, even though this season is busy and we maybe can't talk on the phone, but twice a year. Or when I see you next summer, it's going to be like, nothing has changed. I love you. Life is busy. I just, we don't have the time to connect. But by sending that book is just that little, again, that little touch point of like, I was thinking of you when I read this and I think you'd really enjoy it too. As adults, I think we so often miss the ability to just kind of like be ingrained in each other's day-to-day life, like the mundane details, the little things. Mm -hmm. So although these books might seem insignificant, they really are, right? We You read your book by yourself without talking out loud often or with your earpods in with really nobody else. So letting somebody else know that you really loved this book or you had this thought about this book, I mean, it's kind of a way to let somebody into those tiny little minute mundane everyday details of your life that a lot of us are missing as adults. Yeah. I think books are a great way to do that. And this episode has given me so much inspiration for (laughs) really just these practical ways we can either make new connections or stay connected 
to the people we care about. Because a lot of what we talked about in this episode is pretty simple. And that's the hope that it's so simple that you actually feel like you can implement it in your life. Now, this episode is obviously very focused on books, but I've actually been thinking a lot about this idea of like the mundane touch points in our life recently and specifically like the shared interests we have with our friends, whether they live nearby or far apart. If you listen to gosh, episode 56 with Chris Burnett, the same idea came up. He was talking about going to concerts with friends back in the day and how they don't do that anymore. And I asked him, did that trigger anything? You know, like sharing music again with each other, whether that's just simply sending links to songs back and forth or trying to plan for a concert a year or watching like a concert documentary. You know, if I think about cooking, it could be mailing recipe books or simply just like sharing a Pinterest board. If you're into martial arts, I don't know, it could be sending equipment back and forth or resources, videos, websites. Doing that kind of stuff can feel easier as a touch point than the pressure of sending kind of that bigger life check-in text message. I find quite often if you can really think about your friendships and what your common interests are and send, you know, whether it's snail mail or in person or meetups or virtually like sharing in those interests, that starts a conversation that quite often will lead. It makes it a lot more likely to lead to that, hey, how's your week been? So if you are hoping to reconnect or deepen some friendships, with some of your people this year, spend a few minutes thinking about the shared interests you have because that might be a really easy way to open the door to more conversation. Yeah, and this is 13 years of trial and error. So this does not mean I've gotten it right every time either. But initially I had a job. Initially I was working outside of the home. So making friendships was a bit easier, you know, because I had the time. I didn't have kids on top of that. And so it's just, it's, I've had to make it as simple as possible now as my life has gotten busier in different ways and more demanding in different ways. Well, you're not alone. That's a huge reason a lot of people feel like friendship isn't sustainable. It's just because we are juggling so many balls and this one gets set down. So if we can find these little tiny ways, even if we do them imperfectly, that makes a lot more likely we'll keep trying to throw that ball in the air at least every once in a while. Absolutely. Kara, I want to thank you so much for this. And you're probably like, this wasn't even that hard. This was so simple. I've been doing this, but that's the joy is this is like the thing that came natural to you that you figured out. And now so many other people can benefit from your genius. Well, thank you. I'm like, man, I'm like almost blushing. (laughs) But yes, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been an honor to talk with you about this and realize, oh, okay, maybe I did do a good thing there. And something again, that it's been trial and error. And, but I just kept almost like this passion was always there of reading. So that was very persistent in my life. And so here I am honoring that too. 
In so many ways. We'll send everyone to listen to your podcast so they yes. can join your foundation community and love books with you as you travel from place to place. Yeah. Build up that community. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay. So have you thought of your interest yet? Are there any groups that you're going to seek out or start? Maybe it's something you have had a passion in for a long time, or maybe it's something that you're passionate about pursuing. Like maybe it's new. I don't know why pickleball keeps coming to mind. I feel like everybody is into pickleball these days. So maybe you're one of those people and you want to go find a pickleball group. If you do go out and find a group, I would love to hear about it. Or maybe you start a book club. Let me know. Now, thank you again to Kara for coming on this episode and sharing how she's going about making connections. Be sure to go give her a follow or check out her podcast. You can find her on both Instagram and Facebook at Bookish Flights. Her website is also bookishflights.com. And let her know what you think of this episode. Have you tried this? Maybe she's got some tips for you. Until next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Friendship IRL. I am so honored to have these conversations with you, but don't let the chat die here. Send me a voice message. I created a special website just to chat with you. You can find it at alexalex.chat. You can also find me on Instagram. My handle at it's Alex Alexander or go ahead and leave a review wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Now, if you want to take this conversation a step further, send this episode to a friend, tell them you found it interesting and use what we just talked about as a conversation starter the next time you and your friend hang out. No need for a teary goodbye. I'll be back with a new episode next week.